When workers of a model agency start receiving a weird-looking plant, people start changing into sex-driven copies of themselves, and it's up to one worker to find out what's going on. We watched the terrible 2007 asylum picture, Invasion of the Pod People, on this week's episode of Bottom of the Barrel. And welcome to another episode of Bottom of the Barrel. I am your host, Jeff Bell, as always. And I guess now I should just say welcome to Asylum Pitchers Month. I did not intend on uh, reviewing all Asylum Pitchers this month. However, it kind of just happened to work that way. Uh, While searching for terrible movies for us to watch this month, just kept coming across more and more Asylum Pitchers that I have not yet seen. So this will be the third one. And as I said, we're just... We'll just make it unofficially the month of Asylum Pictures. So I guess look forward to another Asylum movie next week. I think I have one that uh, pretty sure you guys are going to enjoy too next week. But this one, wow, this one is, um, you know, I just didn't, I didn't, I guess I didn't realize how terrible these people's movies are. These people's, their movies are, <laughs> but they're pretty bad. And this one just continues to reassure me of how terrible their movies are. So why don't we just get right into the review and you will see. Oh, how terrible this movie actually is. So the movie opens with long, dramatic shots of different parts of LA. Not really sure if it's a movie or more of a tour of the city. Cut to a lady sitting in bed watching a news report on an asteroid crashing into a nearby city, practically destroying it. She seems indifferent about the report and goes outside in her underwear to watch hundreds of asteroids shoot through the sky. She doesn't really seem to be too scared or concerned, just indifferent. Huh, guess I have her nickname for this review. Fade to a city balcony somewhere where a man and indifferent girl stand in their underwear. Seriously, no one apparently wears pants in this film. They kind of just breathe heavily for a minute and fade to black. Okay. The next morning, indifferent girl decides having non-stop sex for a full day is enough and leaves for her job. Along the way, she calls a friend and says she needs to see them tonight because she had such a rough night last night, bow chicka wow wow, and spots a random guy just kind of standing on the side of the road. No comment about who he is or why she's looking at him weird, just kind of there. She gets to her job where apparently she's some kind of model agency recruiter or something. I, I, I don't really know. All I know is the scene consisted of her and two other ladies being yelled at by an over-the-top bald guy. They decide to go after a particular model, who turns out to be the cliche over-demanding model while she's in the middle of a photo shoot. The model gets pissed and storms out of the room, and... New scene! Back at the agency office, where the loudest ventilation system is heard through the entire scene, seriously, it sounds like they're in the server room of the asylum offices, another model arrives and apologizes for her acting up recently and drops off a plant, asking them to give it to another one of the employees. Indifferent Girl agrees, and the model leaves. Indifferent Girl takes the plant to the other worker, leaves it on her desk, stares at her fellow employee for a minute, and then awkwardly leaves. New scene! We find that the demanding model from earlier also has one of the plants and is watering it when all of a sudden, it goes missing! Ah! Uh, oh wait, that's that's not scary at all. Her phone rings. She answers, shouts at the person on the other end, and then goes to her bathroom where she starts to wash up. Meanwhile, the low, rumbling bass of... The soundtrack, or the plant, I, I don't really know, or something is heard in the background. She takes her claws off to get in the shower, when suddenly a screeching close-up shot of a plastic bag is shown. Ooh. She puts her robe back on, oh, stupid movie, and walks into the other room where she grabs her phone, dials someone, says, I think there's someone in my house, then, with no change of emotion, asks, how do you know my name? 
Um, was there a was there another side of this scene that we're not seeing? Okay. She lowers the phone and goes to investigate the weird sound. Of course, not ever grabbing any kind of protection against what could possibly be in her house. Very smart lady. Slowly looking around, she finally sees a clone of herself covered in clear gel. Ew. Her clone proceeds to poorly bash her into the wall and floor, taking an excessive amount of time to kill her, but she finally does, and cut to a sex scene that apparently goes on for hours between indifferent girl and her boyfriend? Is that is that who it is? She stands up and walks away from the bedroom, giving the necessary single boob turn and flash, and she smiles and walks out of the room. Cut to the next scene, where she questions her relationship and where it's going. I, I won't lie, the, the dialogue and acting is so bad, it's, it's kind of making me want to see more of the pod people. Anyway, the boyfriend says that he needs to get going because he has a 6am to Phoenix, which, for those who don't know, is only about a 45 minute flight from LA. This guy's making it sound like some 10 hour flight. <laughs> Idiot. Cut to indifferent girl's apartment, where she hears a noise and wanders downstairs. Didn't, didn't we already just see this? With no phone or means to protect herself, <laughs> she, surprise, gets attacked by the guy she saw earlier randomly on the street. Wow, he has some serious tracking skills. He attempts to warn her about the pod people, telling her that she needs to warn others, but then comments practically everyone she could warn has already been changed. So really, she can't warn anyone. It's an awesome plan you got there, dude. I would like to point out that he comments it's all from the meteor shower tonight. You know, the one from the beginning of the movie, which since then they've showed at least a day or two passing. Yeah, continuity. He mumbles something that's completely covered up by the music, again, and says he needs to stop them. His masterful plan on doing so? <laughs> Sticking the gun into his mouth and pulling the trigger. Uh, dude, I think you need to rework your plan a little bit. Cut to the next morning, aka the same panning shot of a car used earlier in the film, only colorized slightly different, where indifferent girl is driving to work and stops at a light. She looks over and sees Crazy Gun Guy alive and standing on the same corner she saw him at the other day. Or yesterday, or whenever. Does she scream? Does she freak out because the man she saw kill himself in front of her the night before spent hours with the police giving statements and being questioned and more than likely had a night of no sleep because of traumatic stress from being involved with a suicide? No. She looks quizzically at him and keeps driving. Awesome sauce. So she decides to do some light shopping at a pawn shop to buy a gun. Creepy McBeard guy tries to sell her a shotgun, but ultimately offers her a Beretta, and... Fade to black? Wait, no, hey, no, wait, wait, okay, 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 movie, time out. What the hell is up with you and fading to black? Seriously, play out your scenes, or don't bother having them at all. Okay, moving on. Back at Indifferent Girl's house, she and another friend sit around drinking wine and eating Chinese out of the box. <laughs> so cliche, California. Or, or actually, they just kind of sit picking at the food and they don't actually eat anything. The two talk shop for a while, then talk about Indifferent Girl's boyfriend, and she should hack into his email account and find out what he's hiding, blah blah blah. Okay, movie, I take back my last comment. Apparently, when you do attempt to have a full scene, it's filled with crap that's completely useless. Just go back to the short scenes in Fading to Black, please. So after that awesome waste of five minutes, we see the woman from the agency that Indifferent Girl gave the plant to earlier, or yesterday, or whenever the hell it is, doing a line of cocaine and creepily looking at the plant. She gets up and leaves, but grabs the plant. Okay. She goes home, has a glass of wine, seriously, I think this movie was sponsored by a vineyard somewhere, and argues with someone over the phone when, surprise, the close-up shots of the plastic bag start coming back again. She hears a noise and wanders off to investigate. Drink. The next morning, or hour, or 
two days before a seriously movie, and different girl shows up at her attic-slash-server room of an office where someone is waiting for her. He asks if they can talk in private, hitting at the other employee to leave. While she does, indifferent girl and her talk about her night before, which the other lady says she doesn't quite remember if they might have slept together or done more. I, really kind of awkward. All while the guy is standing listening. <laughs> this is an awesome agency. The man turns out to be a cop, okay, and has arrived to tell her more about the man who shot himself in front of her. The cop says that the man was married, to which indifferent girl says, was married? As in divorced now? Well, I suppose killing yourself would make you divorced. The cop says no, that the woman was found killed. He questions indifferent girl's involvement in both deaths, saying that the crazy gun guy was connected to one of the indifferent girl's clients. After a minor freakout about why she's being questioned, the cop leaves, telling her that if she remembers anything, call him. Boss lady slash now pod person calls indifferent girl into her office, now of course sounding and acting completely different and not out of the ordinary whatsoever. She asks Indifferent Girl to go shopping with her and hang out for the afternoon, which for once makes Indifferent Girl take a moment and question what's going on. About damn time. About that said time, she starts realizing something weird is happening, so she grabs her purse and heads out for the afternoon with- and there's a new scene with Angry Bald Guy from the beginning. Okay, that's fine, I guess we didn't, you know, need to have any further development between Boss Pod Lady and a different girl, and that scene was apparently not important whatsoever. Angry Bald Guy tells them that they can't mess up tonight, apparently there's something important that I'm just not aware of happening, to which case Indifferent Girl says nothing, and her blonde co-worker says everything will be fine, continuously looking down at her lap to read her next line. I wish I was kidding. So after a handful of shots of high-class LA places, we cut to a local Chinese dive where boss pod lady, indifferent girl, and blonde co-worker all go over to meet angry model lady from earlier and her friend. The two other models say that they have left their agency and are working now for boss pod ladies, and cut to a while later where indifferent girl and blonde co-worker talking about how weird everything is. Yeah, movie, that's pretty much all you do, having people sitting around talking about how weird everything is. Blonde co-worker says that maybe all the weird things happening is connected to what the crazy gun guy mentioned before killing himself, but of course, indifferent girl doesn't believe her now. Blonde co-worker leaves, boss pod lady takes indifferent girl back to her place, and the other models where they attempt to seduce and drug her enough to make a pod person of her. The scene turns into a softcore lesbian sex scene that boss pod lady and indifferent girl both stand and watch for a few minutes. Fade into the other room where boss pod lady takes off indifferent girl's dress and starts making out. Wait, did this just become a Cinemax movie all of a sudden? Oh, yep, yep, okay, yeah, yeah. Boss pod lady just took off in different girl's dress, and now they're going at it on the bed. Holy crap, Asylum, this was not the direction I expected this film to take. The next morning, Indifferent Girl awakens to her alarm going off, questioning what she did last night. Getting up, she takes the plant and throws it down the garbage disposal. It screams and spurts out blood as she pushes it into the drain with a knife. She doesn't freak out, but calmly takes the blood-covered knife and puts it in a Ziploc bag. Instead of calling the cops, then she gets dressed and drives all the way to work to make the phone call. Side note, during this entire scene, you can hear someone in the background banging doors or filing cabinets and coughing. I, I, I kind of would really like to know what the hell is going on back there because at this point, I'm pretty sure that's more important than the plot of this film. Indifferent Girl attempts to warn blonde co-worker about the plant and tells her to throw the plant away if she gets one. Right on cue, Boss Pod Lady shows up with the plant and leaves. Indifferent Girl rushes out to meet with a cop who, instead of meeting at the precinct, or anywhere else safe, decides to meet at the La Brea Tar Pits. They talk, or at least I think they do because, like the office scene, there is so much background noise and wind being picked up in the microphone, you really can't hear a damn thing they're saying. 
She gives the cop the bloody knife, asks him to run tests on it, saying it might be her blood, then tells the cop about the plants. She says she'll try to get a pod for the detective, and they leave. Cut to a random shot of two people walking and talking. Then cut to a different girl driving with her voice yelling at someone. Then cut to her house where she's on the phone. Wow, just amazing editing skills here, people. Indifferent Girl tells the person on the phone that she found out her boyfriend is in fact married, but that's not as bad as the fact that she just saw him even though he is not supposed to be back for a few days. Wow, lady, you got some weird standards. She talks to her boyfriend on the phone who slips that he knows about her and the girls the night before. Oh, he's obviously not a pod person. She hangs up the phone and a knock at the door turns out to be angry pod model who more or less reveals that the pod people are upset that she hasn't changed over yet. The cop calls and confirms that the blood on the knife was hers, but Angry Pod model tells her to not have the cop come over. Indifferent Girl stupidly tells him to not come over and hangs up the phone. Angry Pod model leaves another of the plants behind and leaves. Cut back to the agency where blonde co-worker tells boss pod lady that she quits while accidentally walking in on Angry Pod bald guy and blonde pod receptionist going at it. She leaves and shows up at the Indifferent Girl's apartment where the cop is taking the new plant with him back to the lab. Blonde co-worker says she's not sticking around anymore and that they should both leave. Indifferent Girl decides to stay because her Chinese eating friend is coming to pick her up. After doing so, the two drive somewhere and Indifferent Girl tells her everything but surprise! Chinese eating friend is a pod already who simply wants to help Indifferent Different Girl make the transition over. Indifferent Girl gets out of the car to leave, and as she does, Angry Bald Guy, who apparently isn't a pod person? I'm so confused right now, shoots Chinese eating pod friend and tells Indifferent Girl to get inside the building. He calls a friend asking him if they can go up to his place and hide out, but surprise, the friend on the phone turns out to be a pod person already. Then, Angry Pod Bald Guy walks into the room, confusing Angry Bald Guy and Indifferent Girl. Indifferent Girl, confused about who the real person is, shoots non-pod angry ball guy. She stupidly gives the gun to the pod people, and it turns out that blonde co-worker is now blonde pod co-worker, who starts growing indifferent girl's pod. The cop shows up, somehow knowing where she was, that's kinda weird, pretends to be a pod long enough to kill angry pod ball guy, blonde pod co-worker, and boss pod lady. They leave only to find blonde co-worker is still alive and head to the precinct. Or a brick wall with wanted documents printed out and taped to it. Yeah, awesome set decoration, people. They find that there's a nursery outside of town where the plants are growing and decide to go destroy it. Indifferent Girl goes home to pack and is confronted by her boyfriend who really, yeah, 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 you know what's gonna happen. He's a pod, she shoots him moving on. Indifferent Girl goes to pick up blonde co-worker, but it turns out that she's the pod one, blah blah blah. Seriously movie, it's gotten old. Indifferent Pod Girl pulls the car over, tells her that there's someone she'd like her to meet, and it's blonde co-worker's pod. Blonde co-worker lets out the biggest fake scream ever, and credits. Holy crap, that movie was weird. I, I'm honestly, when I went into this movie, I was obviously, I'm expecting it to be a bad ripoff of Invasion of the Body Snatchers. I mean, the title alone will tell you that. But what they did with the movie was definitely not what I expected. I mean, really, if you think about it, it's it's kind of this weird combination of of different. Okay, I don't even I don't even know how to describe it. Basically, the whole like lesbian scene in this movie and, and all the sex that was new. I don't remember that ever being in any of the other 
versions of invasions of the body snatchers which means that this that this is strictly something that they did for this particular movie that they were trying to be creative i guess so apparently these pods just want to have sex with everybody and don't care and they want to be happy but by being happy that means they kill their other one there was no motive behind the pod people besides the fact that they just wanted to take over now having said that watching the movie i kept noticing there was a very fine story thread that kept popping up during the entire course of the film which i i almost wonder if the original cut of the film had that storyline be a little more thicker and a little more involved but somebody yelled at them so they decided to cut it out but basically the movie kind of hints that the pod people are being created by scientologists i'm not even kidding they mentioned that there's there's a church behind the whole thing like someone makes an off comment about it someone makes a couple scientology jokes and references in the course of the film uh near the end the the farm is apparently outside of a church a scientology church is what it's implied so basically they're saying that basically this this movie is basically like a it's it's a statement on how scientology all the all that the scientologists are are pod people basically that they're not real people they just want to have they just want to have sex and just be brain dead i don't i don't know but that's kind of the feeling that i got from this it really feels like this movie was written to be someone's opinion on scientology I, I guess don't don't sue me just watch this movie and take it off your effect but I, I feel like maybe that was the original idea for this film but they cut back a lot of the comments to it so it's it's only like two or three mentioning in the movie but it was enough that it wasn't just oh it was a joke like it really felt like they were purposely trying to have a point <laughs> and there this was their this was their attempt to, to to have their point on what scientology actually was or or something i don't know it's it's an asylum movie maybe i'm looking into it too deeply again but honestly it's kind of there so if you're paying attention you'll see it the movie was kind of weird it, it it definitely lives up to the asylum name brand of weird movies and like i said the whole sex scene stuff that kind of just came out of nowhere was not expecting there to be any of that in this movie but uh the movie is definitely not at all family friendly uh there is nudity it's all just topless women and there is a handful of simulated sex scenes which is kind of fun but uh <laughs> i mean what i didn't say that so uh so definitely not a family friendly movie but again if you're watching a movie called invasion of the pod people hopefully you're not sitting around with your family watching it and speaking of which Let's get on to the drinking rules for this week. There is, oh wow, there's there's some fun ones for this week. All right, here are the rules. Number one, anytime a scene only lasts for a minute and contains ridiculous amounts of unnecessary dialogue, drink. Number two, anytime an extreme close-up of the person's face is shown, drink. Number three, when the music or sound effects overpower the dialogue, drink. <laughs> You're going to be drunk on that one. Number four, when a person goes to investigate a noise but doesn't bring any kind of protection to defend themselves, drink. Number five, when an indifferent girl asks just a completely stupid question, drink. Number six, a badly simulated sex scene. <laughs> You're going to have fun with that one too. Number seven, whenever there's a real person slash pod person fake out. Probably by that point, you will be trashed, and I apologize, but... 
it happens. It happens a couple times in the movie to the point where you will get sick of that. So, anyways, those are the rules this week. And as always, Ghost Hat Network and Ghost Hat Productions does not endorse the use of heavy or over-drinking. So please drink responsibly. I gotta be nice, and I gotta put that on there just so... I can't get sued. So anyways, but hopefully you have some fun with the drinking game this week. Um, trivia for this movie, there sadly wasn't a whole lot, really. <laughs> uh, it's just another one of those asylum films. There wasn't anybody in this one. Sadly, I cannot connect this movie to 2012 Ice Age or Zombie Apocalypse. Uh, it does take place in L.A., but obviously not connected, which kind of bones me out. I was really hoping I could find a way to connect the <laughs> connect this this movie to the other two but oh well the movie is currently available on netflix for your viewing pleasure is sadly is not available on any other media you could buy it on amazon but you can't watch it on amazon if you're gonna watch something else on amazon watch the original classic invasion of the body snatchers does a much much better job just in every way there is no sex scene in it but do you really need that in this movie? I'd, I'd probably not. So, but it is on Netflix right now. Definitely go find it currently. And with that, that is all for this week's episode of Bottom of the Barrel. Uh, next week, hopefully, we will be returning after the Thanksgiving weekend. Hopefully, you guys have a great Thanksgiving. We will not be doing a bonus special episode for Thanksgiving like we did for Halloween, uh, just because I could not really find a good Thanksgiving-themed uh, bad movie to watch. Uh, the only one I could kind of think of off the top of my head would be Thanksgiving, but that's so ridiculous. I don't even think I could do that. It's basically about a turkey that kills people. That's that's it. It's 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 so bad. It's not even funny. Like so if you want to watch it, go ahead, but it's not a recommendation from this podcast for you to to do so. So, uh, hopefully we'll be returning next weekend after the Thanksgiving weekend. Uh we'll see if we can get one more final asylum picture in here for you guys to watch for this month and then we'll move on to December, which will be Christmas-esque bad movies for your enjoyment so kind of like what we did for halloween month uh we're just gonna kind of do a christmas month for it too so but that is all for this week i hope you guys had fun and i shall join you next week for another episode of bottom of the barrel so does that mean tom cruise is a pod person is that what this movie was trying to hint at was it any, anybody who likes scientology is a pod people i mean apparently all we have to do is shine a flashlight in his eyes because that's how they could tell in the movie when their eyes dilated also oh, that's why he wears sunglasses clever Tom Cruise I'll get you one of these days For more information about this and other programming, visit our official website at www.ghostat.net.